You are locked on Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. All right, everybody, what's going on? It is episode number 201. That's right, 201. Thanks for being with us. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. Uh, You can follow along on Twitter at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins, uh, and as well at Locked on NFL Net, at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram for all of your NFL team coverage from all of our local podcast hosts and experts all around the country and the NFL, and away we go. So make sure you check out those two. You can follow me individually at WrestleMania. Not WrestleMania. No, no, no. That's this Sunday. At WrestleMania. 621. Just a little tribute to WWE, which I saw in person on Monday night at uh, Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C., where I hang out a lot for work. Uh, Ran into former Redskin tight end Fred Davis. Freddie D looking okay in row three seats at Capital One Arena for what that's worth. All right, let's get to it. Um, And by the way, there were no cheap shots, no gratuitous cheap shots taken at the Redskins or really any D.C. teams. It was kind of a lame-o show, if we're being honest with you. There was, um, you know, a couple of the big stars were missing or didn't even come out into the arena and therefore uh, didn't really take on the microphone and therefore that limited opportunities for Washington, D.C. to, um, you know, get a little dig. There was one, um, there was one, I guess, gratuitous cheap shot at Washington, D.C., but it had nothing to do uh, with the Redskins. All right, let's get to it uh, here on episode number 201. So the Redskins released a couple of things uh, and bits of information that I wanted to pass along to you. They will begin their off-season workout program. This is not practices on the field. This is simply like the players can then start meeting with coaches and Uh, going over playbook type stuff, but they cannot be on the field. It cannot be an actual organized practice. It can simply be conditioning in terms of weights and all that stuff on April the 15th. So that is less than two weeks away. April the 15th, as you know, teams with new head coaches, which the Redskins for now do not have a new head coach, were able to return to work yesterday to get an extra head start. Um... So, you know, again, if Jay Gruden, if this is his last year, next year, whoever the new head coach is, the offseason program will be able to start a couple of weeks ahead of time. But for the Redskins, uh, April 15th is when they can officially work out conditioning in a sanctioned, supervised, um, structured program with Chad Englehart, the head strength and conditioning coach. Uh, and again, they can meet with some coaches. Now, rookie minicamp. Um this will be after the NFL draft, rookie minicamp, and the media will be, um, well, rookie minicamp will be Friday, May 10th through Sunday, May 12th. Media availability will be Saturday, May 11th. And in case you're not familiar with rookie minicamp, uh, of course, all the draft picks are there. Uh, all the college free agents that they sign after the draft, and then a bunch of guys on tryouts and workouts. So basically, no veterans except for like one-year veterans. 
uh, who have a certain amount of playing time or certain amount of game experience, and I'm not sure exactly what the rules are to qualify for that. Those are the only players that can be there. So there'll be a bunch of players that nobody knows anything about, um, but trying to open the eyes of coaches and trying to uh, get a crack. Now, Redskins OTA sessions for veteran players. Now, these are, again, non-mandatory. Non-mandatory will be May 20th and 21st, along with May 23rd, with the media allowed at Redskins Park to witness the practice on Monday, May 20th. Then there will be another session right after Memorial Day, May 28th, through May 30th. That's a Tuesday through Thursday. The media availability Wednesday, May 29th. A final OTA session will be June 10th through the 12th, Tuesday through Thursday. Wednesday, June 11th will be the media access day, again, in which we can uh, watch. For whatever reason, I'm not sure why the Redskins are doing this, um, but according to their press release, they have veteran minicamp on June 4th through the 6th, which is kind of odd that they would have an OTA after a veteran minicamp. One thing to note about that and specific is, of course, again, it's not mandatory, which means veteran players can come and go as they please. They are not required to be there. Uh, it is generally frowned upon for you not to be there. And you have to kind of wonder. You have to kind of wonder if a guy like Josh Norman is going to be there. That is a situation where Josh Norman could open up some more cap space. Now, of course, you would lose Josh Norman, the player. And whatever you think of Josh Norman, and I certainly have mixed reviews on Josh Norman, and the tape uh, is certainly mixed, and anybody that says it's not is lying to themselves. And this was long before this year. Uh, Josh Norman did not just become a not great, not special player this past year, as many think uh, that is the case. He hadn't been special since he got here. Has he been good at times? Of course he has. Has he been very good at times? Of course he has. I don't pay, ideally, the kind of contract that Josh Norman got, the kind of cap numbers that Josh Norman is costing for occasionally being really good. I need you to be really good all the time. I need you to be great. I need you to be special. That's exactly what Jay Gruden said last week uh, that we chronicled. But again, remember, these workouts are non-mandatory. And I would just say that, you know, it's, it's possible. It's possible. I don't know if I would want to label it as likely, but it's certainly possible that Josh Norman uh, does not report for the first day of OTAs, uh, I should say the first day of voluntary conditioning, which is April 15th, and or maybe he chooses to sit out the on-field OTAs. I don't know what he's thinking, uh, but this is certainly a possibility. I would definitely be aware of it and be prepared for it and be aware of the potential coverage of it and the questions. Uh, to me, that is everything you need to know about Josh Norman protesting what either A, Jay Gruden said or at the owners' meetings last week, which was lukewarm at best, or my report.
which, of course, Jay Gruden would not confirm on the record or anything like that. So, again, that's a situation that requires a lot of attention. So we'll see how that kind of shakes out. All right. We're going to take our first time out here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. I went a little bit longer uh, with this than I thought. We'll have an update on Kenny Britt next. As well, we will have an update on the Redskins' potential pursuit of a new quarterback. That's all to come right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, remember when you get in your car, tell your smart speaker device to play podcast. Locked on Redskins. This is episode number 201. Thanks for being with us. All right, we welcome you back to episode number 201 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. If you hear noise in the background, I'm at Nationals Park in Washington, D.C. in a rain delay as we await Bryce Harper's return from his first game, of course, with the Philadelphia Phillies back here in Washington after spending the first seven years of his career there. Uh, But you're not here for baseball. We have the Locked On uh, Baseball podcasts that have been launched, so go check those out. You are here for Redskins coverage, and away we go. So uh, we did have a long-winded explanation, and, uh, you know, the team website is is still listing what we talked about in segment one about the weird structure and dates. Uh, We're still waiting for clarification on that uh, to see if there's anything more uh, to that. But Nevertheless, um, we move forward and we will update as soon as we uh, get any more information on that. Let's get to uh, some of the news uh, that we were working on. As you know, the Redskins uh, re-signed Brian Quick last week. And on Monday, news broke from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and confirmed by many others that Kenny Britt was going to meet and work out with the Washington Redskins. Well, according to John Kahn of ESPN, uh, Britt, you know, did meet with the Redskins. Uh, is not going to be signed right now. That doesn't mean he won't be at any point, uh, but it means right now, and this is held true for more than 24-plus hours, that he is not uh, going to be a member of the Washington Redskins just yet. So we'll see where that goes. We'll see what that leads to. Uh, and if any, if anything turns into that, but for right now, uh, either Kenny Britt did not work out well enough or wanted too much money or the Redskins did not like what they've seen because clearly the Redskins have jumped on players if they really like what they've seen at a need position, i.e., and of course it's a different, uh, it, it's a different situation, but they jumped all over Adrian Peterson uh, last August, as you know, and uh, they have done that several times. In the past. So no Kenny Britt for right now. I would definitely keep his name on the radar screen because you just never know how these things shake out. But maybe they're looking at it from a, well, if we don't get who we want in the draft or if we don't get and target and feel good about what we have at wide receiver in addition to uh, what, what what they already have, which is Paul Richardson, um, Josh Doxson, and Trey Quinn. Uh, for the most part, uh, with other young guys mixed into the fold. If they don't feel good about that, then maybe they can revisit it. So Kenny Britt, not a Redskin, at least for now. All right, the other couple of things, uh, and it started on Tuesday morning, and Chris Mortensen of ESPN, who, as you know, is very well connected uh, and is as reputable of a reporter uh, as you're going to find, 
That doesn't mean he doesn't get anything wrong, uh, but Chris Mortensen was first to report this on Tuesday morning, and Chris Cooley in his Redskins Run podcast uh, called At the Park, uh, and in full disclosure, I like Chris. Uh, we worked together on the Redskins Radio Network for a couple of seasons, um, and whenever I see him, you know, I always say hello to him, uh, get along well with him, uh, all that. I covered him as a player, so um, he said essentially the same thing that Chris Mortensen said, which is that the Redskins are still very much interested and still very much a possibility to trade for Arizona Cardinal quarterback Josh Rosen. Uh, And again, this kind of struck me as odd because even though there were reports last week that we passed along then that three teams were involved in the Josh Rosen sweepstakes, uh, it was multiple reporters, I know Joel Klatt of FoxSports.com had, uh, that they listed the Los Angeles Chargers, the New England Patriots, and the New York Giants, and not the Washington Redskins. Uh, one thing we should always, always remember, and, and that is, you know, reporting, you are, o- you are a victim of your information, right? You can't always get the complete story, the complete answer to every question and to every changing possibility. Now, did I ever think that the Redskins were not potentially interested in Josh Rosen? Of course not. I think they're interested, certainly, interested at a price. And that's the way it should be. To me, my opinion, and this is just my opinion, the Redskins should not trade a number 15 overall pick for Josh Rosen. They have way too many other needs. We've talked about all the needs. Wide receiver, uh, you can certainly make an argument for an offensive guard. Um, You know, you can make an argument for a tight end. I think they're okay at running back, you know, because of Geis and Peterson. Uh, and then on defense, you know, defensive line is is pretty set right now, although depth is a little bit thin, but you wouldn't go there uh, in the first round unless somebody you just could not ignore uh, fell to you. Um, but linebacker, certainly inside linebacker, edge pass rusher, safety, and corner, all needs. To me, you just can't go um, – and trade a number 15 overall pick for Josh Rosen, even though he was a number 10 overall pick in last year's draft. And people might say, well, wait a second, a guy with a year of starting experience in the NFL who was the number 10 overall pick last year, why wouldn't you give up a number 15 overall pick the next year for a guy who, again, has, uh, what, 12, 13, 14 games or whatever it is of experience? And that's a perfectly legitimate and valid question. Uh, I thought about that, Uh, and here's how I would answer that particular question. It's what I talked about on 106.7 The Fan uh, earlier on Tuesday, and that is this. I understand that Josh Rosen has that experience, and I understand that it would still represent a good value, and his contract is very controllable. Again, three years at next to no money. You trade a first-round pick, again, after he was the number 10 overall pick, you're giving the number 15 overall pick a year later. The bottom line is, is, you know, to me, you would still be giving away too much in, in total value for him from the standpoint of, if you think about it this way, Rosen is being given up on by the organization that traded again a third and a fifth round pick yes they had a coaching change yes that was unexpected but the general manager steve kime is still there the man who ultimately drafted josh rosen at number 10 overall last year and again traded a third and a fifth round pick to move up five spots to get him 
is now a year later, if this trade goes through, giving up on them? That doesn't, you know, that doesn't strike me as something that I'm willing to pay a fifth round pick, uh, 15th overall pick for. Now, I have no doubt that the Redskins have considered that and might and and might consider doing that and might just give in to that if that's the demand. Um, the problem again is I can't get past that, right? There were question marks about his personality, his character, um, and, and and you know everything uh, out of UCLA. Then there were questions that persisted throughout his rookie year. Then a team that, again, did all this for him, yes, with a different head coach, and yes, with a different offensive scheme, I get that, um, would be just giving up on him a year in. It doesn't strike me as something I feel confident, again, in wagering that I'm going to be right and I'm going to be able to fix this guy and I'm going to be able to make sure that he's not a pain in the butt. Oh, and by the way, give up my number 15 overall pick. Now, if we were talking the number 30 or 31 or 32 overall pick, that's a little bit of a different story. I would be willing to probably pay the number 46 overall pick. I wouldn't like to, but if that's what it took to get the deal done, because of the controllability of Rosen, and as long as I didn't have to pay anything else, meaning a future pick on top of that, um then I might be willing to do that. I probably would do that. Because, again, I do realize the talent. I do realize the size. I do realize the skill set. And I do realize that he is cheap and controllable for at least the next three years. And, really, you can control him for a fourth year if you want to on the fifth-year option if you decide to. So, ultimately, the bottom line is this. To me, the Washington Redskins are making a mistake if they trade the number 15 overall pick. I think they're doing probably the right thing if they trade the number 46 overall pick, and it's essentially just that. If they can somehow get away with a third and and maybe a third next year, I would be much more in favor of doing that particular scenario, uh, in my opinion. Um, And again, remember you say, well, there's three teams that are at least, in addition to the Redskins, that are bidding for services. What happens if the price just keeps going up? Well, then to me... You drop out. You have two veteran quarterbacks in Case Keenum and Colt McCoy. You don't absolutely desperately need Josh Rosen. You could draft a quarterback, again, in the first or second round and then have a quarterback potentially to develop for your future, or you have the draft next year and you have free agency next year. You don't absolutely, absolutely have to do everything in your power to surrender a... 15th overall pick for Josh Rosen. I'm sorry, I just refuse to believe that. So, you know, I don't think you should let the cost or the threat or the potential of the Chargers, the Patriots, or the Giants paying more. If the Giants want to pay the sixth overall pick, if the Giants want to do that, then God bless them. You know, then it would suck if Josh Rosen turns out to be great uh, and you have to deal with him. And I get that, but Josh Rosen ain't going to play this year. Eli Manning's going to start the year for the New York Giants. They can keep him to not start him and to be him uh, on the bench and from the count $18 million or whatever it is under the cap. So to me, again, I don't fall for, well, if the Patriots want to pay the number 32 overall pick, well, well the, the number 32 overall pick is very different than the number 15 pick. You see where I'm getting at? So 
I think, again, it all depends on the cost, as it should. And I think the Redskins absolutely were expected to still be in this, to do all their due diligence. I still think they have a shot. I don't know if it's a great shot. Uh, but I do not think they should pay a first-round pick, and I cannot be any more clear than that. And if I'm wrong and they trade a 15th overall pick and he turns out to be a stud, I'll gladly admit that I'm wrong. All right, that is going to wrap up this long-winded segment for the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 201. Again, apologize for all the background noise. We're at Nationals Park in the middle of a rain delay. Bryce Hart making his return for the Philadelphia Phillies against the Washington Nationals. Uh, I'm Chris Russell. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 201. We wrap up the Locked on Redskins podcast with this, episode number 201. Drew Locke visiting the Washington Redskins uh, this week after they met with him at the Combine uh, and his pro day. Here's Drew Locke, in case you don't know much about the Missouri quarterback. Uh, he's got deep ball accuracy. I mean, he's got a rocket for an arm. He can just throw an absolute seed um, pretty much anywhere. It's a long kind of arcing rainbow-ish type pass, especially to the deep outs and the deep sidelines. Uh, again, arm strength is not a problem with Drew Locke. The problem is, is what does he do underneath? And that, to me, is a concern. The short and intermediate, Robert Griffin could throw any ball. He could throw deep. He could throw, he could out throw people. He could dial it up. I didn't care about all that stuff. And this is what I said about Griffin when, before the Redskins made the trade for him. He wasn't very good short and intermediate, and nobody seemed to want to know that and realize that and think about that because they were all just enamored with his unbelievable speed and his cannon for an arm. Uh, I'm not saying that Drew Locke is Robert Griffin coming out of Baylor. I'm not saying that. As a matter of fact, he's probably a better quarterback than Robert Griffin was in terms of development. But I don't really want a guy that isn't accurate underneath and just has a big, booming, strong arm. Is that nice to have? Yeah. But when you start hearing the comparisons of Jeff George, that makes me worried because Jeff George was exactly that type of quarterback. He couldn't play the position, but he could just haul it. So to me, when you look at Drew Locke out of Missouri, again, the accuracy, short to intermediate, the playing of the position is probably the weakest thing that he brings to the table. Uh, if you look at the SIS fo football rookie handbook uh, that we've cited here over the last couple of days, his accuracy, a five out of, you know, a five on a scale of one to nine, decision making and mental ability, a five on a scale of one to nine, clutch performance, five, short accuracy, a four, deep accuracy is a six, great. He's got good pocket awareness, a six, arm strength is only a six, so it's not like it's an eight or a nine, um, under pressure, five, uh, eye discipline, a six, not bad, leadership, five, you know, his footwork is a four, got a long way to go there. Some numbers on Drew Locke uh, in college. He's a three-year starter, passed for between 3,400 uh, and 4,000 passing yards each of his three years uh, as a starter. As a matter of fact, his career high, 3,964 in 2007. Uh, but again, you go back to his accuracy, his completion percentage uh, at Missouri the last three years. Now, his last year, 2018, the best, 62.9. And that's still low, really low, especially in the NFL nowadays where teams are and quarterbacks most are 65% plus. But that was his three-year high, 62.9. The years before that, 2017, 57.8. 2016, 54.6. Now, 
in terms of touchdowns and interceptions, 2016, 23 touchdowns, 10 picks. 2017, 44 touchdowns, 13 picks. So that's good, the disparity there. 28 touchdowns to 8 picks in 2018. Um, it doesn't get sacked a whole bunch. His quarterback ratings are generally around 100, if not a little bit over 100. Uh, again, a career high of 111.7. Uh, His yards per attempt uh, were 9.5 in 2017, a little more of an air raid type offense, 8.0 down to yards per attempt in 2018. His advanced passing analytics, according to the SIS football rookie handbook, his average depth of throw in 2016, 11.5. In 2017, 11.1. In 2018, 8.5. They're trying to work on his accuracy. They're trying to work on his game and get him to be more of an underneath thrower. Again, you see his completion percentage go up, but you see his average depth of throw go down. His catchable percentage throws, 2016, 75.8% up to 79.4 in 2017 and 79.5, so holding pretty much steady in 2018. Um, in terms of uh, Drew Locke, his quarterback rating, um, you know, over the last three years on deep throws, a 77.2 in 2016, 106.0 and 135.4 in 2018. So that's good. Uh, under pressure, he went from 31.3 to 101.8 in 2017 to 85.2. So at least that was a big jump. With no pressure, he's very good, all in the high 100s. Uh, versus man coverage and zone coverage, he had a little more success against zone coverage with a 125 rating uh, in 2018. 18 versus a 105.7. So, you know, again, Drew Locke is a very talented guy, and certainly with good coaching, he can improve the footwork. To me, the problem always is I don't know if you can absolutely expect a big jump in terms of accuracy uh, when a guy hasn't shown a whole lot of accurate traits like Drew Locke hasn't. So the Redskins are going to have their work cut out for him, um, you know, for sure. If they were to take True Lock at number 15, as a matter of fact, I would probably say that he's too big of a project to take at 15. But then I tend to underrate quarterbacks. The entire NFL tends to overrate quarterbacks. So I have no doubt that Drew Locke would probably go before 15 or at 15 if the Redskins were still there. Uh, it makes me kind of think the Redskins want Daniel Jones. Uh, at a Duke who has more of the skill set that they're going to be attracted to more than just deep bombing ability like Drew Locke or uh, that ability in his game. They want a quarterback who can be cerebral and play the position and run an offense uh, and do everything as opposed to just one big thing. Uh, so we'll get into Daniel Jones on the next episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. We're going to wrap this up here because we're going way too long. It is episode number 201 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. Sorry again about the background noise. We're stuck uh, kind of in the press lounge area here at Nationals Park uh, during a rain delay on uh, Tuesday night in the nation's capital. Um, so I appreciate you guys being with us. Thanks for downloading us. Uh, again, episode number 201. Make sure you follow at Locked Redskins at Locked Redskins, uh, and as well at Locked on NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram for all your NFL team coverage and information at Locked on NFL Net. Thanks for being with us. Adios.